This is the Book Marketing Action Podcast, and I'm Becky Robinson. Since 2012, my team and I have partnered with more than 100 authors to launch more than 130 business books. On this podcast, I'll share the best insights and actionable ideas from our work so that you can implement sustainable activities to reach your goals for your book. Whether you're a seasoned author looking to breathe new life into your book or someone who dreams of writing a book someday, this podcast will help you be more successful in getting results as an author. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another and very special episode of the Book Marketing Action Podcast. On today's podcast, I get to have a conversation with one of my very favorite thought leaders on earth, Whitney Johnson. And for those of you who haven't heard me tell the story a gazillion times, Whitney is the very first client of Weaving Influence. She's the person who inspired me in many ways to start my business back in 2012. Because when I met her, she was the person whose book and topics and personality and character inspired me to say yes, yes to supporting her first book launch, yes to building a company. So Whitney, I am beyond thrilled that you chose to join us for an episode of the podcast. Welcome. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And it's just so fun to be able to reconnect. It sure is. So Whitney, I met you in 2012 at a time when you were preparing for the launch of your very first book, Dare Dream Do. And I believe we met in January and started to work together. And then the book came out in May. So I wonder if you could reflect a little bit about your expectations for online marketing and marketing the book and what you hope to achieve back then. Mm. All right. So I'm going to share with you, but you might have a better recollection of what my expectations were than I do, but I will do my best. I do remember though, having a conversation with a friend of mine, who's an author, Julie Berry. She's a fiction author. And I remember we were walking, uh, we lived in Massachusetts at the time. And I was telling her, you know, when you have this first book, it's a little bit like having a child, you have these hopes and dreams, and your child's going to become an astronaut or a rock star or a professional ice skater kind of thing. And I think I had similar aspirations for this very first book of it's going to be a New York Times bestseller selling millions of copies. But of course, I had no idea what I was doing. And I remember though, that conversation, she wasn't trying to be mean, but she was just trying to say, you might want to rethink what your goals are for this book. Like, what do you actually want this book to do? And so that was helpful for me of really thinking, I still had that secret dream or not so secret dream, but I also started to realize, okay, so there's a lot that I need to do here in terms of marketing this book. And I remember also at the time where uh, Jesse Lynn Stoner, who has been a wonderful mentor and guide, connected us and had us have the conversation. And just being really excited about this possibility of, okay, we've written the book, but now the hard part starts. Now we have to figure out how to get this book out in the world, because it doesn't help if you've written a book that no one reads. And so one thing that I was super excited about is that you were excited about the book and you wanted to help market and you wanted to help bring that out into the world. And so just starting that process of how do you build an online presence? I mean, at that point, I think I'd been kind of doing Twitter and I'd been kind of doing a blog, but I didn't really have an online presence. And you helped really think deliberately about what are we going to do to market this book and to get it out in the world? That was so much fun, Whitney, trying out all kinds of ideas for the first time with you. The thing that I remember most about those early days as we prepared for the launch of Dare Dream Do was the whole idea of creating a permission-based email list and an email newsletter. And we talked a little bit before we started recording about 
that. And I think that one of the things I've loved the most, Whitney, about watching your journey over the past eight years is just seeing you kind of find your rhythm. And of all the people that I've worked with, your newsletter shows up in my inbox regularly. And the best thing about your newsletter is that it sounds like you. And I remember and can point to conversations that we had when you didn't want to create just another newsletter. And I really talked to you about the importance of your own voice coming through and showing up. So what do you remember about that, Whitney? Or what has your journey been like as it relates to the email newsletter? It's such a good question, Becky, because I think the real challenge is, is that when we write and we want to show up in the world, there's this idea of, I don't want to be salesy and I don't want to be markety, you know, like it's somehow a bad thing. And I think what people are really saying when they say that is, I don't want people to feel like I'm using them. I mean, I think that's what we're saying. And it was a matter of overcoming that and getting to the point where I would say, okay, I have something that I feel like is important that I want to share. This isn't me selling. This is me having something that I believe will be of benefit to people. But to your point, it's interesting because there was kind of two iterations. I remember when I first started a blog, like in 2006 or something, and I struggled mightily to find my voice. I remember having someone read it and they're like, the way that you know if it's good is if someone you don't know actually likes it. So it has to be someone you don't know. And so I practice, 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 but then I wanted to do the newsletter, but I had forgotten about this. So I love that you're sharing me, for me what happened. But with the newsletter, I was like, okay, well, what do I need to do here? I don't want to do a newsletter where I'm like, me, 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 me. I want to do something that adds value. And so basically what has happened, and I'm sure you've seen this evolve, is that every week I send out a newsletter and almost always it's about a lesson that I've learned. Usually it's my most uncomfortable moment of the week. (laughs) And what did I learn? And with this idea of the work that I do is about helping people move along their S curve, move to their potential. And so I feel like the only way that I can do that in an authentic way is if I'm talking about my own growth and development and the experiences that I'm having as I'm trying to grow. Because if I'm saying I'm willing to be uncomfortable, then I'm modeling for you who are reading the newsletter to be uncomfortable. What I love so much about it, Whitney, is that authenticity that you bring to it and that it really does feel feel like when you show up in my inbox that it's a conversation that we're continuing week over week where I get a glimpse into what is going on in your life and business. And on top of that, there's this tremendous value that you're bringing as you share things like your podcast and book giveaways and all sorts of other fun value. I don't know how else to say it. goodies. Goodies. All those goodies. Yeah. So Whitney, what do you think it takes for people to be able to show up in online spaces with that value and authenticity that you bring? Mm. I remember, I think what it takes is, at least for me, I mean, I think everybody's different, but having a point of view, number one, and number two is thinking about, I remember several years hearing Donald Miller say this, is that is being willing to be the guide and not the hero. I remember that in context in particular, and I'll I'll give you the background because I think it applies here as well, is that I had given a speech and it was really bad. Like I got super bad marks. This is like four or five years ago now. I was like, why didn't they like it? Like what happened? Like the content's good. And then I heard Donald Miller say this, 
that when you're on stage, it is your job to be the guide and the people who are in the audience are the hero. And it's the same with a newsletter. It's the same with a podcast. It's the same with all the marketing that you do, Becky, is it's your job for the people that you're marketing to be the guide so that everybody else who's reading it and listening to it and ingesting it gets to be the hero. And so I think it's a combination of having content that is actually valuable, and then also being the guide and not the hero. And I think there's a third thing. I remember when I first started in this business, my mother said to me, who had been kind of in this business 30 years ago, she said to me, Whitney, there's a lot of people that are doing what you're doing. And a lot of them are fake and they're not real. She said, do not ever show up and not eat your own cooking, basically. I was like, okay. And so that has really stayed with me. So if I'm talking about whatever it is I'm talking about, like if I'm not trying to live it, so I think that's the key is that you show up because whatever it is you're talking about, you are living, you are embodying, you are doing that, that thing, whatever it is. Wow. That is really powerful. And I love that advice from your mom. So I remember when we launched Dare Dream Do that there was a quote in it showing up as the most important metric of all, yeah. or maybe yeah. that was with disrupt yourself. No, I, I'm not sure. I think was it, was, it in Dare Dream Do? Yeah. Well, I don't remember. So it was in one of your books or both. Um, or both. So tell me what that means to you and especially what it means to you related to online presence. Yeah. I actually never thought of it that way, Becky, but we can fuse the two because I fused as a practical matter, even if they weren't intellectually, if you will. So for me, showing up is being there, like being present, bringing your heart and bringing your mind and bringing your capacity to care. And I think from an online perspective, it's not TMI, meaning it's not too much information. You don't need to share things that make you feel really vulnerable and are private and personal, but it is a willingness to show yourself, to say, this is who I am. And again, like I said, it's not TMI, but there's this element of you're sharing your actual journey in a way that people can connect to you. I think it's really hard for you. Well, I have two thoughts on that, actually. I think there are people in the world who can show up and convey an idealized life. They can do that. And there are people who follow them. That is one path to go down. The challenge with that, and the reason I don't want to go down that path, is that when we do that, there is an element of making, I think, other people feel less than. And so for me, part of showing up is showing up together so that never at any moment do anybody that I'm interacting with, not only do I feel less than them, but don't make the person who I'm interacting with online feel less than with me. So that's why I'm really careful on what I put on Instagram. I still like to have pictures where I feel like I look good. I mean, we all have that. But I think there is this element of just making sure that we're approaching people in a way that we're not trying to be more than or less than the other person. And to me, that's what showing up is. I love, Whitney, what you said about showing up together. And what I'm taking away from that, showing up together is valuing others and also viewing ourselves on a even playing fields. Yeah. Yeah. Neither more nor less than. It's the dignity. It's the battling entitlement. In the US Constitution, we believe that all men and women are created equal. It's actually believing that and comporting ourselves in a way that shows that we believe that. Wow. Well, so Whitney, one of the things that we talked about before we started the recording was your journey as an author. And you now have three books and a fourth one coming. 
And we were talking a little bit about what you've experienced on your journey. Would you be willing to share a bit of that now? Yeah, absolutely. So as I said, you know, there's this initial expectation of it's going to be big, big, big. And it wasn't big, 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 but it was good. And I wrote a good book. And it was a book that I was happy about. And it was a book that people read and people responded to. And we sold enough copies. Now, most people aren't going to sell enough books that you can make a living off of your books. But for me as a thought leader, that wasn't the point. The point was to put my ideas out in the world, to put this flag in the ground, to plant a flag around which I could galvanize my ideas or around which people could galvanize people or community. And so one of the things I've been really happy about is that every single book has sold more than the previous book. And so there's this building, this idea of building a building, you have this foundation, and we're just gradually growing and over time creating a body of work. And so I feel really happy about this, the sense of gradual and increasing contribution and building a community and a tribe, as Gary Ridge at WD40 would say. And so I think that while there is some element of us of wanting it to be amazing and big all at once, and for some people that happens, but there's some element of building it slowly so that whatever plaudits or recognition accrues to you, you as a person, your recognition doesn't get out in front of you so that you as a person are able to be equal to that and hold that for whatever recognition might come to you as a thought leader and author. So Whitney, what I think about when I think about your journey, because we worked really closely together for a while, and then you have taken off and soared beyond. I've noticed over the years, not only has your influence been building, but also your contribution has been building, as you said. So could you talk a little bit about some of the layers that you've added to your online content sharing that have helped you to reach more people with your books over the years that we've known each other? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we, as you said, we started, we worked together in 2012. And then I think we were together again in 2015, right? When you brought the first time that Disrupt Yourself launched. Yes, we worked together again. We might have stayed connected and worked together in between also. Okay, so... We did that. And like you said, we talked about the newsletter and I had a Twitter presence. And then I'd say there are two more pivotal things in the last couple of years. In 2016, I decided I wanted to launch a podcast. And I did that in part because I really like interviewing people. I thought it would be fun. I thought it would be great to build content and also just as a way to expand my presence. And so that's been a big experiment. We just, just passed a million downloads. Wow, that's amazing. A million downloads? We just passed a million downloads. So I'm really happy about that. And that's been a really great journey in and of itself. Of It expands our presence. It allows what podcasts have done. And there's an intimacy to a podcast that you don't get in a book. It's a different kind of intimacy. It also allows me to put out content that's instructional so that people can follow up. They're like, okay, I really liked the book, but I want to do more work. I don't necessarily have the budget to do a lot more, but I can listen to the podcast and they complement and they supplement what's in the book. And so it's just another way to have a conversation with people around the the content. And then the other thing that's more recent is in 2020, COVID hit. This was March and LinkedIn had just started doing lives where you could go on LinkedIn, you could do, you know, start talking. And there wasn't much I was certain about in March of 2020, but there was one thing that I was certain about. And that was, is that people in general were pretty freaked out. And I also knew that routine helps us not be freaked out. And so I thought to myself, 
and I've got a lot of followers on LinkedIn. What if every day indefinitely, and it turned out I did it for 16 days, every day I showed up at 9am and just talked to people about how to manage through disruption. And when I say I was certain about it, because I didn't know, I hadn't run a business model. I hadn't done a revenue. I hadn't done anything. I just knew I needed to do it. And so now I still do it by two days a week. And I'm very committed to doing that. But I think that's the other thing about the social media, the online presence. And this is something that I know your work is really focused on is your best work is always going to be around. You just know you need to do it. There's a sense of purpose. There's a sense of conviction. It's grounded in your why and what you want to get done in the world. And so for me, I needed to be there. I needed to do that. I needed to hold a space for people to feel a little bit more calm, if only for two 30-minute blocks of time per week. So that's my most recent foray or development or innovation, if you will, in the online world. Well, and that's a significant commitment to showing up. It is. What kind of feedback have you gotten from that? Oh, it's going to kind of make me emotional a little bit. I remember a couple of months ago, a woman emailed me and she just said, when this first happened, I was really undone. There were some hard things that were happening and she didn't share with me what they were. She said, but you're showing up every day with your being positive and you're being optimistic. She said, it helped me get through it. So everybody who's listening, that's why you write a book. That's why you do what you do, because you believe that there's going to be one or two or 10 or 100 people whose lives will be different and better because of your work. That's why we do it. Hmm. This is why I love you, Whitney. (laughs) Shared desire to make a difference. (laughs) You doubted me, Becky. Wow. Well, I'm just in awe, Whitney, really, of what you've been able to do over the past eight years with three books, wait, four books. How many books is it? Four. But you helped and we got to start together, which is really fun to watch both of our businesses grow. It's pretty awesome. Well, thank you so much for investing time talking today. Whitney, before we wrap up our podcast, one of the things that we do on the Book Marketing Action Guide podcast is we give people action steps that they can implement. So I'm going to just try to come up with a couple that I'm taking away from our conversation. So the first thing that you actually said almost toward the end of the conversation is related to when we're doing that thing that we feel called to do or feel a strong sense of purpose to do, that's when we can have the biggest impact. So for those of you listening today, I hope you'll take as an action step from Whitney to really think about the activities that you're doing to market yourself or your content and figure out which ones are the ones that feel the most powerful to you and keep doing those. Make a commitment like Whitney has to keep showing up. So that's action step number one. How do you like that one? I want to add on to that action step, Becky, is that when you do that, what you're talking about in the world, you won't feel like you're selling. You're going to feel like you're sharing with people something that is valuable and meaningful. So it won't ever for a moment feel like you've sold something. That's great. So the second thing I'm taking away, Whitney, is you mentioned starting the podcast. And you said that that was a new way to get your content out that allows you to expand upon the ideas of your book and give more value to people who may not be able to hire you. So if you're listening today and you already have a book, I want you to consider if there's a way that you can add additional value to the world, whether that be through a podcast or some other way of sharing and extending the learning in your book. Yeah, agreed. And so building on that, because you're giving me ideas, is do something that's interesting to you. So for me, it was a podcast because I think it's fun and interesting to interview people. But for you, it might be a video 
a vlog or YouTube videos, like whatever it is. But to Becky's point is once you've got this book that you've spent all this work on, what are your product extensions? What are ways to reinforce that idea that are fun and meaningful for you? That's perfect. I love that. So as we wrap up today, Whitney, I'm sure that if there's anyone listening who didn't know you before, they want to know you more. Or for those who might already know you, what are the best places for people to access the amazing content that you're putting out into the world and to get to know you better? Yeah, I think that since this is a podcast that we're on, probably the best way is just to go listen to our podcast. It's a Disrupt Yourself podcast, and you can listen to it. You can find it at WhitneyJohnson.com, which might be the easiest, but you can listen to it on Apple or anywhere. That's probably the best way. And we'll put that link in the show notes. And we can also put in the link to Whitney's LinkedIn profile so you can follow her there to be able to see those twice weekly LinkedIn live videos and the newsletter. Is there a specific link that we can share for signing up for that? Do WhitneyJohnson.com forward slash newsletter and sign up. Got it. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. So Whitney, how about some parting wisdom for those who are listening today? Oh, some parting wisdom. Maybe on the topic of showing up. Yeah. So I would say I'm going to paraphrase with a nod to Winston Churchill, who said, never, 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 never give up. I'm going to say always, always, always show up. And that's sometimes harder to do, sometimes easier to do, but just be in your life and show up as much as you possibly can and do it more tomorrow, whether it's online or in person, actually both. Those are my parting words. Always, 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 always show up. Thanks for listening. And I hope you'll subscribe today and tell a friend about our show. If you're looking for hands-on help to market your book or have a question you'd like to hear me answer here, please email me, becky at weavinginfluence.com. 